Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Yeah, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny. And the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. Um, and now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat. It is episode 91. It is a Ryanless episode. So I am simply joined by my singular co-host, Mr. Nick. You can find him online just like you do. I'm so used to doing my spiel with all of our Twitter handles, but I'm not going to do that tonight because you can find them all at our Twitter for the show, which is at Half Street High Heat. So I will just give you that one. And uh, we've got some interesting things to talk about, kind of a much slower week than last week. But there are some Nats moves to discuss and some big things happening around baseball. How was your week, Nick? Uh, pretty good. Um, well, actually, no, not not at all, really. Um, <laughs> Wait, so... I retract my former <laughs> my earlier statement. <laughs> So I uh, finals week for school and had a million, uh, really just two papers to, to write. So, you know, two, wait, a million, it's kind yeah. of the same thing. Did my best uh, Mike Rizzo impression at the deadline and, you know, wait till last minute, but got it in. 
and you know <laughs> now we're, we're just waiting for uh for d-day well hopefully not literally d-day because that would suck but hopefully um, like a or b day <laughs> yeah like a a or b day i'd be you know content with but only one one semester left or quarter left and then uh get my master's so hopefully wow, you know, that is so fantastic is yeah other than that you know just trying to uh, enjoy some Florida weather. It's like supposed to be 80 all week this week. Um, oh, God, so. the worst. Yeah. Well, it's not 80 here. It's been snowy, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I heard suckers. I know. Well, it, it snowed. Yeah, we got like almost six inches of snow on our back porch in the morning, and then it was just gone by the afternoon. Like it just got warm enough, and everything melted in the sun. So Northern Virginia. It's actually Florida. the best sort of snowstorm where it's like pretty and it's enough for the kids to go play in it, and then it's all gone. And you don't have to deal with it. I'm okay if with it. If it has to snow this close to spring, then I guess I can live with it. Because I'm very in spring spring mode already. I'm ready to – I told you last week I got my new seed starting light tray thing. I've got it all put together, but I can't figure out how to make the damn heat mats work for germinating seeds. So I have I have uh, assigned it to my husband's honeydew list for tomorrow. So hopefully he'll fix it for me so I can start my seeds. Uh, why would you want germs on your seeds? Oh, that's the best kind. Wow, gotcha. And <laughs> was the pun intended on honeydew and seeds? No, no, it wasn't, but it should have been. I appreciate a good pun. So I, had I a, do too, as you know. I do appreciate a good it's the pun. One, the only, only good thing about not having Ryan is that we can, we're, we're free to use our puns at, at will. I know that man hates puns. I've never, I've never met anyone who loathes puns with quite the same fire that Ryan does. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. And, you know, nobody's perfect. You know, love Ryan to death, but that is his one, uh, you it know. Is, it is his greatest failing. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I don't know where I went wrong, but, you know, I forgive him. Yeah, well, you know what? He's still young. He could come around. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see if he grows out of it. He'll probably have kids one day, and then he'll get into dad jokes. And, yeah, and then, and then, you know. He'll realize what he's been missing out on. All these Time days. comes for us all. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, since Ryan's not here, we don't have Ryan's We Can Review this week. We have Nick's We Can Review brought to you in part by Chili's. Ryan, so, I'm, I'm going to try to do you justice here, man. I don't know if he can be replaced, but I, I'm, I'm ready to hear you try. No, that's why it's just me and you. We don't dare, uh, you know, re replace Ryan because we just, why, why, why set yourself up for a disappointment like that? <laughs> All right. Uh, so as we see in baseball, we kind of, um, sorry, my dogs are barking in the back. <laughs> your dogs? I was like, oh my God, your neighbors are so rude. <laughs> <laughs> hot start, hot start. All right. So the Mets continue their hot off season by missing out on yet another top free agent as Trevor Bauer completely trolls them and fakes them out before signing so a massive <laughs> front loaded deal with the Dodgers. Uh, 85 million over the first two years, but three-year deal in total opt-out after each year. So Trevor Bauer got paid, and the Dodgers looked at the Padres and said, huh, that's cute. So Dodgers very firmly still the best team in baseball, but the Mets did not miss out completely as they did get the best center fielder on the market, and that is Albert Almora. Uh, the Braves re-signed Marcel Ozuna for cheap, 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 cheap. Uh, even though the National League is not getting the DH this year, we'll get the, to that in a bit. 
Um, the Braves re-signed Marcelo Zuno for AAB of $15 million for five years, so pretty good deal for both sides. Marcelo Zuno gets the security. Braves get the big right-handed bat they need. Look how that's done, Mike Rizzo. Cards re-signed Yadier Molina for one year, $9 million. I mean, we really didn't expect him to go anywhere else, so it's kind of just the, the flirting stage, but he is back in St. Louis. Rangers trade longtime shortstop Elvis Andrews to the A's for their longtime DH Chris Davis. A's address their shortstop need, and the Rangers shed some payroll. The Rangers also signed Mike Fultonovich, the best Game 5 starter in Braves history. Uh, speaking of people <laughs> signed, the A's re-signed notorious scumbag Mike Fires. Speaking of scumbags, the Phillies signed Chase Anderson. One shot to the Nats' hopes was the Tigers re-signing Jonathan Scope. They, he resigned for one year, $5 million, which was a perfectly fine deal for the Nats to take advantage of, so that kind of stinks. The Reds are pursuing Jonathan, Jonathan BR, which would be you know a nice you know, addition for the Nats. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. The Reds signed D. Strange Gordon to a minor league deal, also known as D. Gordon. He took his mother's, late mother's name to honor her last year if you did not know that the indians say they're not trading jose ramirez but you know we'll see what happens come the deadline the rays signed hunter strickland to a minor league deal so he is not done yet too bad bryce is not in the al and the biggest news that came in just before we start recording the mlb and mlbpa reached an agreement on the health and safety protocols we'll dive into this in a little bit but this is kind of just the last thing that needed to happen before the season got underway, and it has happened. This Week in Review, while not as good as Ryan's, was brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's. Head on to, down to Chili's and test out their February, February, God, I can't talk, $5 margarita <laughs> of the month. It is made with premium ingredients such as Grand Marnier and Luna Azul Tequila. Nailed it. This month, they added Monin pomegranate, chilies for a sour, and a little love for the ultimate grand romance, Rita. This has been your Week in Review. Well, I think you can't talk just because you're so nervous trying to live up to Ryan's Week in Review. I literally sent that gif of, like, the guy looking nervous while holding a microphone, and that's how I felt. Like, I was getting to the part where, like, Ryan has those smooth, effortless effortless transitions, and I was just Uh stuttering. He does segue like a champ, for sure. He does. He does. He's undefeated. (laughs) <laughs> well, we certainly miss Ryan this evening. He'll be with us on Thursday, though. Well, on Wednesday for the Thursday released episode. So you guys will get more Ryan on Thursday. We'll get more Ryan on He's Wednesday. On, behind enemy lines on a scattering report right now. So, ah, uh, uh, well, we will talk with him soon, and I'm sure he will give you crap about mangling his weekend review. I nailed the chilies pronunciation yes. though so you know yes you did say barnier so <laughs> <laughs> that redeems the whole thing in my opinion <laughs> all right so let's talk about a couple of the things you mentioned in your weekend review which are the biggest stories of the week marcella zuna to the braves um i kind of thought that was probably likely to happen i know we talked a little bit about maybe he was an option for some other teams but without the dh in the national league it is it kind of feels like the braves are just banking on the DH coming to the National League next year or the year after. And so they were willing to take the risk on a big contract. Not yeah. big AAV-wise, but, you know, long-term contract. Yeah, it's a commitment one way or another. Um, even if it's a reasonable AAV, five years is still, you know, you're going to have to play yeah. him. Like, look at the Angels with Albert Pools. You know, they're 
just having to play him. Um, I It wasn't a surprise that he returned to the Braves. I think the contract as a whole was more of the surprise, both, you know, the number of years and the dollar amount. I guess, you know, the longer the deal, you're not going to see as high of an AAV. That's just how contracts work. Just look at Trevor Bauer. You're like, no one's going to pay him, you know, 40, 45 million dollars a year over five six seven years he only got that deal because it was a short front-loaded deal um i still can't believe he got that much money i mean if you just look at his career numbers and like who he played against last year like i cannot believe the dodgers were willing to drop that coin yeah and we'll get to that but as far as you know the braves go as you know being a division rival and probably the best team definitely the best team in that least. i don't it's know a, if we can, if we yeah. count as a rival this year or not yet but it's it's just such a, a shot because you know when we did our predictions all three of us and monty and i'm pretty sure opt as well all predicted that ozone to the nats and made a lot of sense because he was really the only big bat without the qualifying offer attached which is seemed to be something that Nats were really concerned about and so we we're like oh you know, here's a big right-handed bat, which is what you need. And he doesn't have a qualifying offer. Like, please go get him. And, you know, as we mentioned last week, that's still the one position they did not address. So that kind of stinks. And But Jordy Mercer. <laughs> oh, God, we'll get to that. But, um, but and the fact that he's re-signing with the Braves is kind of just like a double whammy. It's a little but, bit of a dagger for sure. So, like, I get maybe not wanting to give him five years, but his projected contract was four years anyway. And if it's, you know, $15 million a year, Nats would have deferred money anyway. So I don't know why they didn't pull the trigger on that. It kind of, you know, sucks. Or any of the other mid-tier guys we had talked about. Like yeah, there, the there's been a, a lot of... Scope and all these yeah. other... They've all been coming off the board this past week or two. Yeah, there's and, been a lot of reasonable deals. And, like, you know, the Nats, especially with the Jordy Mercer signing, even though it was a minor league deal... Uh, it seems like they're kind of leaving, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, that leaving that last 40-man spot up to a spring training competition, which isn't uncommon. Um, so, you know, looking at this offseason as a whole, you know, they didn't do a terrible job, but they didn't do what, like, what I like about the Padres. They didn't stack depth in one position. Like, I would have loved, if they didn't get that right-handed back, stack the bullpen, stack starting pitching, you know, do right. something else. But, but they that, just that little things here why and there. not that bad? It was the one thing that oh, they yeah. specifically talked Preaching about. The that they needed. It was the one thing that everybody said after last season was, wow, they need a bat behind Soto. And they just didn't do it. I mean, they picked up some nice pieces. If it weren't for that glaring hole, I would be very pleased with this offseason. But unless Rizzo has got something up his sleeve and at this point i don't think so i think you're right that they're just going to leave that spot open and see what happens in spring training but there ain't nobody coming to our spring training that i want to be the one hitting behind soto no not at all and like you know if josh bell can replicate what he did and i i don't think that's a hot take and it's probably the popular pick for everyone's favorite move of the offseason for the nats yeah if, if he can i have, like the move a lot yeah if he can have some sort of success uh, you know, maybe not quite to the hot start he got off of in 2019, but 19. you know, something, you know, serviceable, that'll be fine. It's just, you look at the rest of the lineup and you're asking for a lot from guys that are just pretty unproven and inconsistent. And that's yeah. where I have a problem. Exactly. And he's, you know, Josh Bell, I hope he can do some semblance of what he did in the first half of 2019 as well. But, you know, he, 
he's not a big scary bat hitting behind Soto. Like you didn't go get that. And behind Bell is a bunch of guys that are not scary bats either. So, you know, you kind of feel like if you get through Juan Soto and then you've got Josh Bell, who may or may not be someone you need to plan around, then there's really, you know, nothing else that you need to worry too much about down in the lineup. And that's a huge, huge, huge problem. And they did a lot to address the bullpen, which is great. The bullpen is undoubtedly vastly improved, but you've got to get another bat. And unless he plans on, you know, still making a move. I, I'm just shocked by it. I really am because I thought that he understood that he even said it, like what they need is a big bat. And I know they went out and got some guys, but Schwarber's not going to be hitting behind Soto. Probably Bell is, and Bell isn't that guy. I don't so, think. You know, the one thing I will say, um, you know, they severely lacked home run pop outside of Soto, and they've addressed that with Bell and Schwarber. The problem now is you're going to have – like what happened to Bryce in his MVP season, and we've seen it uh, a couple other times, is you're going to have guys that hit 30-plus home runs but only have, like, 80 RBIs because no one's on base. Yeah. So, you know, that's the problem. Like, Trey will get on base. Soto, you know, yeah, he'll get on base, but oftentimes he'll, you know, round the bags himself. So, you know, you're not getting the, the real gut punches that you, you need from the lineup. Uh, for opposing teams. But the one thing, you know, my working theory is that the Nats seem to have uh, an agenda as far as what they want to do in 2022. The free agent class is a lot deeper and they have a lot of more money to play with, with a lot of people coming off the books. And, you know, even if they resign people like Max, it's not going to be for 35 million that he's. No, they're going to have a lot more flexibility financially, Right. but it still doesn't mean they can't go like some of these guys that came off the board at very reasonable contracts. Like you could have done that this year without hamstring. I agree. Into the following year. My, my thing was, you know, if you're positioning yourself for, uh, my, all I can think about is Freddie Freeman right now. But if you were positioning yourself, oh, for, make it happen. <laughs> you know, for a big name bat in 2022, that's fine. But why not trade for, you know, Suarez or Ramirez or someone with a, one of those, you know, really team friendly deals? Yeah, you're gonna have to pay up. But if you're already acting like a contender in 2021, you're positioning yourself to be a contender in 2022. Well, then those are two prime years where you want to win. And people like, I hate to say it, Cade Cavalli, Jackson Rutledge, uh, they're not going to help you right now. So no. if that's And mindset, you have major league ready pieces like Carter Keboom and Victor Robles that could be attractive trade pieces that you could think about. I mean, Robles at this point, you know, I don't know who's going to play center field for you if you do it this late in the game. <laughs> but I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. is still available. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I just feel like if they wanted to really win this year, the, the moves are still out there to be made and they don't seem like they're going to make them. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I always am hopeful. You know me, I'm the homer, but you know, looking around the NL East, it's a, it's a GD slaughterhouse. I mean, yeah, you've got to get it. You've got to get another bat in this lineup or you're not going to contend in the NL East. You just, yeah, aren't. it just seems like they're going to see how the first half plays out. And if they, you know, are in a similar spot at the deadline as they were at the deadline in 2019, then maybe, you know, they kind of readjust and try to make a push. But if they're not, if they're worse, then they can sell off these expiring contracts 
and try to rebuild, which is fine. It just kind of sucks that, you know, you wasted a golden opportunity to sell. Right. And why wait until halfway through the season to do that? Why not make one more move now? and set yourself up for the possibility of success yeah. this lineup's not going to be in contention at the trade deadline you're you're pretty much guaranteeing it if you're the whole bottom half of your lineup doesn't have a, a really strong hitter in it <laughs> you know what I mean? like, right and go out like and get somebody else josh bell i mean juan soto's going to be pitcher proof but people like josh bell kyle schwarber they would benefit greatly from you know having another big bat in the yeah. lineup. it's having not it's, it's not just protection for juan soto it's protection for the lineup so, you know, you can't really evaluate Josh Bell and Kyle Schorber as it stands now because they don't have production. But if, you know, you got that big bet now, then Bell and Schorber and maybe other people would do better than what they would do if they didn't have that bet. So it's just kind of, you know, annoying. But I, I think I see what they're trying to do, and I don't hate it. I just wish they would have done it sooner. Yeah. And I, I love your point about not being able to evaluate those guys because especially Josh Bell, who's probably going to have what Castro and Gomes hitting behind him. Yeah. I, it, I don't know what the line, I mean, we can toy with the projected opening day lineup here in a bit once we get to Natspat, but yeah, I, it just depends. Like I would love Soto hitting second, but it's just like what happens after that? Cause Bell would probably hit third or do you move Robles up? Or do you second. move Warber up? Well, we're, we have a whole, we're going to do yeah. a segment on the Nats projected lineup. So we'll hold off on that until we yeah. get there. But Okay. So Trevor Bauer to the Dodgers. You talked about a bit. I, I still cannot stop laughing uproariously every time I think about the let's go Matt's gear getting uploaded to his website and then taken down. It is the funniest thing in a line of hysterical things that have happened to the Mets. But holy God, it's the, it's so funny. It's the, so funny. And he says Mets. he released that whole long apology about how he didn't do it on purpose. I don't believe a word of it. I think it was entirely on purpose. Yeah, I don't believe that because that morning, it seemed like the Mets and Dodgers offers were pretty similar, but the Dodgers were more front-loaded and obviously coming out of the World Series in a much better position to contend, like legitimately. Um, but, you know, Trevor Bauer's team knew where he was going that morning. It's not like he just... Yeah, you know, decided on on a whim, and you know, things got lost in translation. No, it was it was decided. So that was very much a troll, and you know, it's. And what was it? Bob Nightingale said he said he left the Mets at the altar. That was a perfect description. Like they yeah. thought they were getting him, and he knew he wasn't going there. I After think Bob Nightingale like mistakenly reported that he had already signed with the Mets, so you know. I know. It's so funny. And then he apologized to Mets fans. I'm like, Mets fans deserve what they get. They're Mets fans. They know. Yeah, so they that was know. my point. Like, it's funny because it's the Mets, but it's like, you know, I'm just so t- – I was on Trevor Bauer's side, but I'm so tired of him now. Like, I'm glad yeah. the saga's over and I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, but The shtick got really tired. It got throughout. really, really old, and especially that he was really the last big name free agent to sign. Like – he dragged it out way too long. And he wanted to have, like, some big, you know, the decision-style announcement. I'm like, dude, get over yourself. Yeah, like, that was... We know you're a big free agent signing, but there are, like, four or five big free agent signings like you every single offseason. This isn't, like, some singular once-in-a-lifetime event. Pipe down. Yep. And one minor sidebar. Um, so, Monty, our now editor, but he is going to dabble in some articles continuing on, but he's going to highlight some women in sports moving forward. Um, and to 
piggyback off that uh rachel luba trevor bowers agent she did a great job because bauer definitely rubbed uh, you know a lot of teams the wrong way and you know not every team is equipped to handle a personality like bauer but you know she still got him an insanely good deal and amanda yeah, like said for really only you know not even one year like one half season of, in a season that was 60 games long right so one half season of elite production don't get me wrong it was elite but he got paid off that one half season which is yeah so congrats to her on yeah uh, for job real. well done yeah we're gonna have some more information for you guys coming up on the um highlighting women in baseball we've got some awesome articles and um stuff coming up it's gonna be really fun so we don't have it fully fleshed out yet but we'll be sharing it with you soon yeah but this move by the dodgers like different circumstances, but it reminded me of the Max Scherzer signing with the Nats because our rotation at that time, what was it, 2014, was really good. And, you know, with Strauss and Jordan Zimmerman, man, that was a time to look back on. Gio right. and Fister. I just like, watched the Jordan Zimmerman no-hitter. Do you remember that? Yes. Um, they just aired. Well, I mean, do you remember they aired the other night on uh... – I, I thought know. you had said something. Somebody said something about it on Twitter. I thought maybe it was you. I can't remember. But no, anyway. Uh, yeah, Kai had a thread of, of them, and I saw that that clip. But um, but the, for the Dodgers, it reminded me of that. Like, they just came off a World Series. They already had starting pitching depth with Kershaw and Bueller and May and all those people. And now they're – oh, David Price coming back after opting out in 2020. Um, so they, you know, are all all in which it's just annoying if you're dodging. They're literally like $45 million over the cap, and they're going to bring back Justin Turner. So, Yeah, sounds like that's going to happen soon. And um, how irritated are you by how much money Trevor Bauer just got if you're one of those other pitchers on the Dodgers? I mean, it's got to sting a little bit, right? Like he's got to annoy you slightly, I um, feel like. Well, I don't know, because like it's front-loaded. It's essentially a one-year deal. Like, this was what the Dodgers offered Bryce. They offered him, like, a five-year, $200 million deal, um, which obviously Bryce turned down. This He's what, definitely happier playing in Philadelphia than he would have been winning a World Series with the Dodgers. I yeah, the, sure. yeah. Like, I get, you know. <laughs> Speaking he, of things that must sting a little. Right. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, you know, for for the other pitchers, like Kershaw's, you know, He's he's doing fine. Bueller still in arbitration, uh, but he's on the path to getting paid. David Price, you know, certainly cashed in, so I don't think anyone's hurting too bad. No, nobody's hurting for cash, that's for sure. Yep. All right, let's move on to the other big thing that happened today, which is the MLB and the Players Association finally reached a deal on health and safety protocols. Somehow health and safety protocols apply to how many – innings they play in double headers and yeah starts on the i mean <laughs> the runner starting up on second and extra innings the seven inning double headers are just dumb like i, I don't hate think, it so i don't much. think anyone was disagreeing with that but you know their rationale is that you know it's less time for exposure but at the same time they're already you know both teams are already in contact right with you've one been in there for seven innings. innings i know it's ridiculous so it's like i don't get it but if that's what they want to do that's what they don't want to do and the same thing for the runner on second and extra innings i don't entirely hate this rule i just wish it started later i don't want it to start in the 10th i wish it you know would start in the 12th yeah or, i would love that if it were because it's not it's then, kind of fun 
It is yeah. like as a, a lark, but it reminds me of in College hockey, football. like the shootout. Oh, well, it reminds yeah. me of the shootout. Like after a while, you're like, okay, it's enough. Let's just do something to end the game. Right. Like college football, they start, I believe they start on the 20 and then they go back to the 40 um, or whatever. They don't have to go the full length of the field. So it's similar to that. I just wish it started later. But, you know, MLB's rationale is, oh, you know, the game will end sooner and there's less time for contact. Well, there are, they already played a full game. I know. It's the so. stupidest thing. Like, I get it if you're coming at it from a health perspective. Like, there's less opportunity for people to get injured. Your bullpen's less gassed for the next games. Like, I can understand some of those arguments. But from a COVID perspective, it's ridiculous. There's no legitimate yeah. argument that they're going to have less COVID spread by either of those rules. Yeah. And, of course hallelujah there's no dh in the national league this is so dumb like i i will say you know there is time for them to you know retroactively or just add it period but it just doesn't make much sense i feel like the mlb is kind of pissed at the pa for how this offseason went so they're not conceding on the universal dh even though literally everyone wants it including the mlb because it's good for baseball but you know, they're it, it's all it's a chess match right now, and they, they want not everyone. Yeah, they want. they want to frame it and make the players' association look bad. Um, but you know, it is what it is. This is all you know, like around, like I say, midnight train to a lockout uh, because mm. this is all you know, a dick measuring contest <laughs> wow. for lack of a better term. Wow. Well, speaking of, <laughs> <laughs> that was it's good. Time for- Thank you. Not as good as last week, but it was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, Fellas, we're getting down to crunch time. All right. As you're listening to this, it is at least February 9th, if not later. I've tried to help you out and not have you wait till the last minute for Valentine's Day, which is on Sunday. Oh, God, it is Sunday. Oh, is it Sunday? Yikes. It's not too late. You might have to pay a little expedited shipping, but Half Street High Heat and Manscaped has got you covered. We've talked about the Lawnmower 3.0. I sure as hell hope, you know, you got your situation good to go for Sunday, but that is only half the battle. The other half, you got to smell nice. You got to reel them in, okay? Reel in that significant other. You got to smell nice, and Manscaped has got you covered with their refined, gentlemanly cologne. It smells great. It is not too much. I mean, you you know you you know you know how uh when you're trying on perfume, like you you'll run through or you'll you'll see people go through the mist. That's how it is with the Manscaped clone. You you catch a whiff of it and you're just like, wow, I smell good. And you can have it now. Well, maybe not now. Two to three days. Expedited shipping. COVID. Half Street High, he's got you covered. Use promo code HSHH20 on Manscaped for 20% off and free shipping. Smell nice, get groomed up, be good to go for Valentine's Day. Hope you fellas stay safe and smell nice too. Amen to that. Better advice was never given, fellas. <laughs> All right, let's move on and talk Nats a little bit here. So not a lot going on this week um except jordy mercer signing which we mentioned a little earlier um this is a minor league deal it was one one million dollars yeah plus if he it's a million if he makes it to the majors and another 400k available via incentives if he does well which hey 
it'd be great if he does well. I don't, you know, I'm not putting, I'm not putting any money on it, but uh, you know, he's bounced around. He's a veteran, you know, we'll see what happens. He does have an opt out um, like most of these veteran deals do if he doesn't make the roster that he can opt out. So I would think if he doesn't make the roster out of spring training, probably he'll never wind up playing a game for the Nats anyway. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on the signing? So the problem the Nats have been facing for a couple seasons now is the backup shortstop. Thankfully, Trey Turner hasn't miss, missed too, too much time, but, you know, we have seen him with, you know, his inability to get his fingers out of the way when he's bunting or, you know, any other types of injuries where he has missed time. So it would be nice to have depth at the shortstop position. They, they have people that can play there, but you don't feel the most comfortable. <coughs> Carter, keep them. Um, but, you know, this is one of the signings where you kind of just throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. Um, you know, if he makes a team and can provide something better than Wilmer Difa, then I guess it's a win. The bar is very, very low. But, you know, it, it made sense. They've needed this for a while, and I'm surprised they hadn't addressed it already with a second base shortstop option, even like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if D Gordon can, can play short, but someone like that who has positional flexibility. Um, but you know, if it works great, if not, no big deal. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. I'm just, it's, it's very meh, but I'm like, whatever depth signings are always good. It costs almost nothing. And if he's lousy in spring training, he'll probably just opt out and go somewhere else anyway. Yep. They so, always do. <laughs> no biggie on that one. Okay. Um, let's talk. We started to get into this a little bit earlier, the projected opening day lineup. So um, I pulled up the one for Rotochamp, and they have it thusly. Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Starlin Castro, Jan Gomes, Victor Robles, Carter Kivu. Do you agree with that, or you think there might be some I different? don't. I don't like Schwarber hitting second. I know he has before, but it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me because uh, I don't know what his OBP is off the top of my head, but if you're going to hit someone second that isn't typically, you know, an on-base guy, a high-contact guy, which I know for a fact Schwarber is not a high-contact guy, just hit Juan Soto second. You're getting the best player, you know, on your team and – one of the best players in baseball, more at-bats. We've seen it. We've talked about it a bunch. You know, we don't have to go into it again. But if you have a, quote-unquote, opening in the two-hole, just give it to Juan Soto and let the pieces fall in behind him as they do. It doesn't make sense to not bury Juan Soto, but put him further down in the lineup just because, you know, you feel like that's where you want him, even though you don't have the pieces to justify it. So yeah. I would hit Juan Soto second, Bell third, and then Shorter fourth because, you know, th- that's fine. And then Castro, Gomes, Robles, Keeboom, th- that's fine. The one thing I will say is I don't want Keeboom – well, definitely not Keeboom, but I don't want Robles hitting second because we- we've tried it. It's not good, and I just – everyone knows how I feel about Robles at this point, so yes. don't want that. It is known. So I just looked up. Schwarber's stats. So his on-base percentage is um, never only been below 300 once. He's got a 308 last year, 339. Well, that's not phenomenal. No, no, it's not phenomenal, but it's it's not you know hitting second stuff. But you also like don't love it in a cleanup hitter. 
So right, but I don't know. at least he has power where yeah. you know he has some respect. But hitting second, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I hear you. Well, so what you would do pretty much the same bottom of the lineup and just switch around the top four guys. Well, the bottom of the lineup is like, you know, uh, I, the term's escaping me, but it doesn't really matter. You can put them in any position. You're going to get the same result because they all suck. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, Gomes is fine defensively. Robles is good defensively. Keyboom is the guy that refused to admit sucks or the guy that they admit sucks, but can't do anything with him. So it is what it is. Yeah. Well, they could trade him for Suarez. <laughs> I think the Reds are, uh, you know, hip. Yeah, you'd have to give some more people than, yeah, it wouldn't be a straight-up trade, that's for damn sure. Yeah, if it was last year, maybe, but I think they're yeah. well aware of what Keebum provides. Yeah, I think Robles would be a more attractive trade piece just because he's much, you know, very good defensively, but I don't know. I think that's a pipe dream at this point. I don't I don't think we're getting Suarez. It doesn't look like uh, Rizzo's trying to trade either one of those guys this offseason. Yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen this season. So, yeah, I have the trepidation about the lineup. Um, like I said, pretty pleased with how the um, how the bullpen's looking. Our projected 2021 starters, we've got, of course, Scherzer, Corbin, Strauss, um, Lester, and then Ross, Ross or Fetty. Ross. You would have Ross slot in as the good starter to start Without a doubt. I've seen... I saw enough of Eric Fetty in 2016 or wherever he made us a view. I can't believe he's still on this goddamn team. <laughs> Would you have him in the just have him in the bullpen? And I wouldn't even have him like on the roster. Reliever? Well, he is on the roster though. So what would you do with him? No, but I'm saying I wouldn't even have him on the roster. Well, all right, fair I enough. Would, I would rather you know pitch Brad Hand all nine innings. All nine. Who would you have for your long reliever? Um, I'm wondering, so I'm wondering if Tanner Rainey can get six outs here, five outs there, because you don't quite need him in the back end with Harris, Hudson, and Hand, Triple H, if you will. So you kind of have that, you kind of have that flexibility to play with Rainey and use him as that, you know. The argument for the closer has kind of changed over the years. Like before, strictly ninth inning, strictly three outs. And now we're seeing it where, you know, people like uh, Blake Trinan did it a lot. And uh, Liam Hendricks has done it where they come in for five, six out saves. Like Craig Kimbrell, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the best closers of this generation has said, I'm strictly ninth inning. And now even he's kind of had to adjust his role, even though he's not the same closer he was. But, you know, the argument for the closer has shifted to, well, the ninth inning isn't always the most important. Sometimes it's a sixth inning. Sometimes it's a seventh inning. So having someone to play with like Tanner Rainey would be, you know, a huge benefit to this team. So I would like to see him in, you know, the fifth inning if someone sucks or, you know, get the sixth and seventh, you know, because he's just dominating cruising. Like, why not? You don't need him quite as much as you did in 2020, uh, you know, as long as he's effective. But that's what I would do, assuming Hudson, Triple H, is uh, are all healthy, because uh, I, I would like that a lot. And then other guys can slot in as, you know. I feel like they them. need a nickname, the three, the three-headed monster, the three-H'd monster. No, 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 Triple H is fine. It's also my favorite wrestler, so. Oh, okay. 
Alrighty then. Well, I still feel like even if you can get, you know, five outs here, six outs there from Rainey, and I would love that. I would be great to see if he can stretch, you know, and, and be somebody you can rely on for those kinds of situations. I still feel like you need a long guy for if somebody gets hit around, it has to come out in the second. And you oh, need for somebody sure. to eat innings for you, you know. And I wonder if Fetty can be that guy who you don't want him as your starter, but maybe he can do a two or three inning outing if he needs to. I mean, maybe. I don't know quite, you know, I don't know Finnegan's history. I don't know, um, you know, is it Barkley? Who's the, the lefty that we signed? I like, I don't, oh, I don't I know. Mean, I'm forgetting the guy's name. Yeah, I don't know, like, all of their experience with if they were starters or if they've been relievers for a while, like how many innings they can eat. Like, I get what you're saying, but with this rotation, you're more often than not, they're going to go more like at least five, even Lester, you know, even if he's not the great pitcher he once was, he's an innings eater. And that's why we signed him. So more often than not, they're going to go five. So you can have, even if they only go four, you know, you have rainy for five, six or Suero rainy and then seven, eight, nine you know, you have yeah. locked down. So it's not as big of a need as I think it was in the past. If, you know, people like Strauss get hurt or Max get hurt, God forbid, you know, then the need becomes more prevalent. But for right now, if everyone's healthy, which is what you're banking on, obviously, it's not a huge need. So, and Eric Fetty's not great. No, but speaking of people being healthy, it was I think it was in the group chat. We had some unsubstantiated, completely unsubstantiated rumors about Steven Strasburg telling someone who was doing some work on his house or something that he feels great and is totally ready for the season. So that's based on absolutely nothing we can confirm. But there you go. I heard that. You're not, you're not supposed to say it like that. You're supposed to say we have sources. <laughs> we have sources. We have completely unsubstantiated sources. But Why anyway, would you that's out ourselves like that. Come on. <laughs> because if we're going to report something real, we have to have real sources. <laughs> nah. that one we have some real sources that didn't come from one of them so this well. is true this is true anyway so hopefully that's true hopefully you know he's he's feeling great and ready for the season it does still i know i say this every single time we record it seems very weird to me that there's no video or no nobody from the team coming out saying strauss feels great he's so ready he can't wait to report in two weeks or i don't know it just seems bizarre but Hopefully I mean, we'll see him in a couple of weeks and he'll Yeah, work. I was going to say we're at the point where we're going to find out sooner rather than later. So why yeah. not just tell us now? Exactly. Exactly. So that brings us to our last question for the Nats Fat segment tonight, which is what do you think at this point seeing, you know, we've kind of already talked about this a little bit, but what do you, where do you see this team finishing given their current construction, um, both in the NL East and their season in general? Um. You know, this has been a common theme of being in the mud on Twitter, where the Nats will be. Some people are way more optimistic than Ron and I are. Um, I mean, I'm not sure where, where you quite stand on this, but I think this is a ceiling third-place finish because the Braves have the one seed lockdown or one um, first if place they in the are division. Yeah. yeah, but even if they're not, they have – extremely good pitching depth and they have a pretty good lineup to you know to boot so i think they they're pretty safely entrenched in the the you know first spot and even if the mets either if it's the mets or phillies or even the marlins because the marlins did make the playoffs last year so credit where credit is due one of them is going to you know 
have sustainable success to get that second spot. I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs in the second spot, but I think one of them will be you know, better than, than the Nats, and I think it's the Mets, but Mets going to Mets, so we'll have to see with that. So I think this is a third-place team. Granted, they could be second place, and they're good enough on paper to even be first place. It's just the way this team is constructed, you're hoping for a lot of things. With the Braves, if, you know, Mike Soroka struggles to regain form after his injury, well, they still have five, six other guys that can, you know, fill in and do a damn good job. With the Nats, if one of your big three goes down, this team looks a lot different. And that's what this team is, you know, hinging its success on. The lineup is better, but it's not 2019. You don't have anyone close to Rendon, and you don't have the guys on base in front of them, and you don't have the bench guys like Howie Kendrick who can come through when you need them. So the lineup is better, so credit there, but you're yeah, hoping but for than a 2020. lot of, Yeah, <laughs> but 2020, we were a last-place team. I mean, tied for last right. place, but that's what it was. Shortened season, yes, but that's the reality of it. You have to approach this season like we just finished in last place so we did make some necessary improvements but it's not to the you know caliber where we needed so i think this is third place team i hope for better i'm not trying to be so pessimistic that you know i'm just going to say that suck sell everyone but i just don't have a lot of optimism optimism because they failed to do the one big thing that they needed to and that's the right-handed power bat yeah, I um, agree with a whole lot of that, but I do think it's maybe a ceiling second place finish. I think, you know, the Mets made a lot of improvements on paper, but the Mets always seem to find a way to not not meet the expectations that they have in the offseason. So I think the Nats could, could take second place if, but that's you made a perfect point about there's so many ifs in this lineup. And I know that's true of every team that everybody – you know, you need people to be healthy, but there's just not the depth on the Nats that there are on some of the other teams in the National League. And that concerns me greatly because if they do finish in third or even in second, as much of a as much of a slaughterhouse as the NL East is going to be, I don't think that their win totals are going to be what some of the other, you know, some of these other teams in the National League are going to be playing in easier divisions and they're going to have higher win totals. So if exactly. it comes down to a wild card spot, I just don't see, I don't see how the Nats can get in as a wild card and unless, you know, some of the other teams in the NL East really underperform their expectations. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little pessimistic about their chances for this year. And I am very, very disappointed that they didn't go out and get that right-handed power bat that we all talked about they needed at the beginning of the offseason. They made a lot of nice acquisitions and a lot of nice moves, but they failed to make the one most important move. Yeah, and that's my thing. Like, the safest thing for any team is to play for the division because when you're accepting, not that that's accepting it, but, you know, they're not as good as the Braves. The Braves have shown over the past few years to be a sustainably good team. They have a lot of depth, they have a lot of young guys, and they have the payroll to go out and spend and get a Nozuna when they need them, to get a Charlie Morton when they need them. And, you know, so you're essentially playing for second place right now, and yeah, you can't, like, when we won the World Series, I know, we were a wild card team, but you're just hurting your chances. You're playing against the rest of the whole, you know, league, the the National League, and Amanda, like you said, the Central is going to have 
some of the teams in Central are going to have padded stats because they're playing an easier schedule. Teams in the West, you know, same thing. You know, the Padres. They've they got can, two teams that are. Yeah, that if are they can stay healthy, they're going to get a wild card spot. And right now, as it stands, there's no expanded playoffs. So, you know, that's already you know, the three division winners and the Padres, that's four teams. So you're really playing for one spot, which is why I wish they did, made the moves to put them on the same level as the Braves, which I don't know if it could have been done in one offseason, but it was never going to happen without that one big move. And that's my problem. Like, you know, you saw what to take it to football for a second, you know, the Washington football team played for the division. They weren't playing for a wild card spot. The Nats needed to do the same thing, and they didn't, and that's why I'm just kind of tempering my expectations for them because I do think they're playing more for 2022 and giving it that one final push because they realized they kind of screwed up in 2020 and not making the moves they needed to, and they're just in too deep of a hole, and they're getting their way out of it, but it's just too much for one offseason. So they're going to try to really make it happen in 2022. But problem is everyone's another year older and who knows what's going to happen in a year. And Max might be time. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this brings back to the same bitching and moaning I've done since <laughs> we've all done since the uh, trade deadline last year where they did nothing and it was clear they weren't going to make the playoffs and they did nothing like they could have started you know, getting some, getting some depth back in the farm or making some moves or setting themselves up for this year. And they didn't do that. And now we're feeling the effects of it as we go into the next off season. Yeah. Like we've talked about, even though they wouldn't, they were never going to trade max in the, or in the, excuse me, the deadline last year or the off season, Nope. but they could have traded, you know, as much as it would, would have sucked. They could have traded Howie Kendrick. They could have traded, um, you know, any of the expiring deals, and gotten some pieces back. Right. Kurt Suzuki would have fetched, you know, a Cabrera, prospect. Cabrera, like there were a few, yeah. Yeah, those are pieces that teams would have traded for, especially with the expanded playoffs and more teams competing, um, you know, that they could have gotten a prospect. Like I always like to say, we got Tanner Rainey, who we're all very high on, for an overpaid and washed Tanner Roark. Like that's how these trades work out sometimes. Not all the time, but you won't know unless you try. So that you know, they missed a golden opportunity. Yeah, 2020, you know, consider it what you want with the six and eight game season, but it was a huge missed opportunity because the Nats really stood pat and got burned for it. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, let us move on to our last segment of this episode, which is our one big thing for the week. What do you got? Um, you know, try not to beat a dead horse, but it's just they always give me more reason to beat that horse and that is the mlb is single-handedly ruining its game you know the people who love baseball will always love baseball they might not you know be happy with it in the moment but they're always going to love baseball like all three of us here and everyone associated with has street high heat but the problem is they're not learning from their mistakes baseball you know, was in the unique position last year to be the first sport to return after the break due to the pandemic. And they, you know, kind of just were having their political war uh, with the PA and just really shooting themselves in the foot. And they could have had the summer to themselves and they didn't. They could have had the postseason to themselves and they didn't. And we're kind of seeing that again. So, 
you know, we're almost a year later at this point and MLB is still not learning from the mistakes. They're still not, you know, all the problems we saw with the Marlins and Cardinals last year due to COVID, those are still going to happen again this year because there's no real, you know, protocols in place for that. Like the agreement they reached today didn't address any of that. It was just a continuation of what we saw last year that didn't work and was quite frankly, you know, not the best modifications of the game to, you know, improve ratings or bring in fans or whatever. And the one that did with the universal DH they're getting rid of and the one that did even more with the expanded playoffs so far, they haven't brought back. So they're just not learning from the mistakes. They're completely making this all about the next year in the CBA and 2021 is going to be rough because we're going to see a lot of teams and a lot of games get, you know, postponed and maybe even canceled due to COVID. And I guarantee you they're not going to reschedule them. And we're going to run into a situation come September where, you know, one team's ahead of another but has played less games and it's going to be a whole big thing. Like I guarantee you maybe the Phillies play less game than the Mets and the Mets get screwed out of a playoff spot. I can see that happening. That's a very Metsy type of thing that yeah. can happen. But that's inevitably going to happen because they haven't addressed anything, any problem. Like, you know, for all you listening, think of a problem with the sport, not the Nats, but with the sport in the past couple of years that you've seen. And now think if the MLB has done anything to address it. Because game speed and game length was never a problem. That was in, uh, you know, a tr- in an effort to address the average age of fans and clearly that was not the problem that you know we we know that the marketing is the problem but that was the one thing they you know honed in on that really wasn't a change but other than that they haven't done anything else and they're still not learning from the mistakes and it's just going to end poorly come the end of 2021 and heading into 2022 with a cba to negotiate and it's yeah well they're doing one thing they're deadening the baseballs they did announce that today, so. Which makes no goddamn sense because we all know Manfred and company juiced the baseballs in, what, the 2018 postseason and the 2019 season and then took it away for the 2019 postseason. Thank goodness, because but, otherwise the Dodgers would have walked us off in game five before Howie Kendrick's grand slam. Well, Howie Kendrick would have hit a home run earlier in the game, too, with that Bellinger caught at the wall. But mm-hmm. – I know that game well. I don't know if you, I was there, so I, I remember that game well. I remember um, something about that, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it makes no sense because they denied ever juicing the baseballs, but the one thing about the juiced baseballs that was good was increased offense. Like, yeah, a pitcher's duel is good every now and then, but what fans really love and what fringe fans and new fans really love are home runs. So juiced baseballs were not a bad thing. Just own up to it so that way the pitchers can adjust and, you know, go from there. But now they're deadening the baseballs, which is a, the complete opposite of what they tried to do before that led to, you know, great ratings. And now they're pivoting and going the complete opposite direction. It's like, this is what I'm talking about. They haven't learned from their mistakes. And it's just so maddening that they can't be like the NBA or as messed up as the NFL is. They can't be like the NFL. Uh, it's just, it's annoying that we have to be so behind the curve and the least progressive sport. Well, hopefully that will change at some point. I don't think it will change under Rob Manfred's tenure, but that will end one day. All things must end. <laughs> so we'll be out from under Manfred's thumb someday. Yep. 
hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Well, my one big thing for today is I wanted to bring up the untimely passing of Pedro Gomez. I'm sure any yep. of you who follow baseball um, probably heard about this already. And uh, he was just kind of everywhere. He's one of those people that had been around the game for so long and you'd seen him on so many broadcasts for so long. He just felt like part of the landscape. And uh, he passed away at the age of just 58, um, and which is just terribly sad. Um, he had covered, just, let's see, I looked this up to make sure I could tell everybody, 25 World Series and 22 All-Star Games throughout his career. Uh, he had a wife and three kids. It was a super sad story. And uh, I saw something earlier today that I thought would be fun to share to close out the show tonight. It was a cut scan. I don't know if you saw his name who um, met him at a bar. Um, it was the year, what year was it, 2017, where the Cubs knocked the Nats out? Yep. With the, the Game 5 awful inning from Max Scherzer. <laughs> was that 2017? Yeah. Um, anyway, it was the following series, and they were, back in, in, uh, they were back in Chicago and had just lost, and they were facing elimination, and she was at a bar, and Pedro Gomez came in. I just was talking to some of the fans and asked her if she thought the Cubs had what it would take to, to win a series. And she told him no and told him why. And after they talked for a few minutes, he told her, you seem like you really know your stuff. And he pulled out a champagne cork from the celebration they had in the Nationals clubhouse, the previous series, and just gave it to her. And it turns out a bunch of people responded to this story and talked about how he had done that with them, too. So he would collect these you know, champagne corks from all of these different locker room celebrations and carry them with him to the next city where he would cover the next series and give them to the fans that he would meet, which I just thought was the coolest, most special sort of keepsake you could give to somebody. And he would do it for perfect strangers for no reason. And I thought that was a pretty cool thing to share. So rest in peace to Pedro Gomez. Yep. Big rest in peace. And that was one thing I forgot. My weekend review, Ryan would never forget such a thing. So no, uh, Ryan would have definitely thought yeah, it. I can't wait to have you back, buddy. But <laughs> Big rest in peace to Pedro Gomez was a big part of, uh, I like to consider myself a, a baseball tonight baby. Grew up, you know, at the late night baseball mm -hmm. tonight when they, you know, they still have it, but I think it's only, you know, one or two nights a week. Baseball tonight in its heyday was every night, and that was awesome. Um, so baseball tonight babies stand up, and he was a big part of that, and it's incredibly sad to hear the news of his passing and just see the respect that people had for him around the game, you know, is, you know, just truly shows his magnitude and presence in the sport. And it's, it's a huge loss that no one's going to be able to fill. Um, and I'm, I think his, his son is actually uh, in the Red Sox organization. So. Oh, I didn't um, realize that. Yeah. I think he's in the minor leaguer uh, system for them, but, you know, incredibly sad and, Wish, way too young. 58 yeah, is just way too young. Wish the best for his family and his son. And, uh, you know, sucks. 2021 and 2020 rough years. Yeah. Yes, for sure. All right. We got anything else before we get out of here? Nope. I think we're good. Um, oh, actually, do you want to announce it? I mean, by the time they're listening to us, like, it, it'll be live. So. Oh, know. okay. Well, then we'll bring you our big announcement, which it, is it's our. your baby, so. 
I know. I've been working on it for quite a while. Our website is finally ready to launch. It should be launched in the next couple of days. So we'll give you guys the site address and, and uh, tell you all about what we're going to be doing there. But, you know, we've already launched our YouTube channel. So all of our videos will be showing up on the website. All the podcast episodes will be there. And we also have our new writers we announced last week. Um, they'll be blogging there. And uh, Monty, our editor and Previously, our blog contributor, he's now going to be editing and also writing there, has um, some big things planned, including those features we just talked about earlier tonight with uh, some you know, information about women in baseball history. So it's going to be really, really great. We're so excited to get it, to, you know, get it going and share it with you guys. So hopefully by the time we're recording in a couple of days for our Thursday episode, um, we'll be able to give you the website and let you loose. I mean, by the time they're listening to this, it'll be ready to go. So I don't know if you want to give them the domain name or make them wait a little no, longer. No, let's wait. Let's okay. make them wait okay. a little bit longer, a couple of days. I don't want anybody going to it until we've got some content out there. So. All right. Uh, sorry, we'll, heaters. Uh, I tried. We'll I share tried. it all pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been my baby. I've been working on it for months. So I'm very excited to have it ready to go. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys for joining us as always. We really appreciate it. Um, make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, check us out, um, go to the new YouTube channel. You can see the trailer out there that OPT made. Um, we're going to have some nice new videos coming soon as well, especially once the season starts and we've got some things to make videos of. So um, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Um, all of our handles you can find um, at the at High, Half Street High Heat account, which is the main account for the show. So y'all have a good couple of days, and we will see you again on Thursday. Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls all at the commentator who has the causes past the wall to see. You later. Let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're gonna win today. Let's go, Nats. We're gonna score for score. We're gonna win for sure. So call your local congressman. We need another monument. The Nats are rolling on the win roll. DC. Let's go, Nats. By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not wanna look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats We've got a game to play, we're gonna win today Let's go
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.